I'm Josh Liston from On The Bubble Podcast, an oral history of television fandom, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at gunnageeknetwork.com. Welcome to episode 50 of Better Podcasting Live Chat. I'm Steven, and I'm pleased to say the one that you're actually wanting to hear today is also here, SP. We're podcasting in a fantastic, fabulous 50th episode. I had no idea we'd make it this far. Steven, it's been a long road to get here. Yes, very much so. Very, very much so. Uh, it's been a long road getting from there to here. Uh, by the way, if you didn't know this, Better Podcasting Live Chat originally started as a bi-weekly show before we took our hiatus. It was running every other week. The main show would happen, then the next week would be this show. But uh, now we are a seasonal podcast, so you get a whole bunch of us in one shot, which I think, by the way, is better because let's be honest, the more that you can binge this, the better. And I think the season approach fits that a little bit better. It really limits the amount of time you actually have to hear us. It's the same amount. It's the exact <laughs> same amount. I don't know. I think there's some some math in there, some streaming math that, you know, you throw in the inflated metrics and everything that streamers do. Uh, I mean, streaming does. And uh, I think it all works out, SP. All right. I, <laughs> I tend to think that with these efficiencies, you're actually getting more of us. Oh, fair which enough. Which may or may not be a good thing, you know, depending on how you view us. Hey, by the way, let's start off the show here and just say, if you are running a podcast community, don't over-moderate. Uh, make sure that, you know, you got the right amount of moderation. Make sure you let people say different sides of things. Make sure that you're not just, you know, leaning in to personal relationships and things like that. And and sometimes you got to take a bit of a step back sometimes and and think, is this the right thing to moderate? And other times, you know, you, you do have to act. But sometimes it's OK for people to express contra contradictory opinions to the topic on hand. And uh, so I've, I've seen that before many, many years ago on Better Podcasting. We talked a bit about that. And I've seen some things lately that seem to have some of that happening again. And uh, I think it's a good reminder. You know, different opinions do exist in the world. And sometimes that's okay. <laughs> Unless you're on our podcasting, in which case, ban, 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 ban. I'm just kidding. No, we're not talking about me and our podcasting. <laughs> no, no, but that brings up a good uh, first topic here. So Reddit, we, we teased it last week. We talked about how Reddit was going to have a lot of subreddits go dark in protest to a bunch of API changes. And it happened. And we were trying it's to happening. speculate. It's happening right now, actually, because a lot of them are continuing to stay dark and are um, going to protest a little while longer. And we were trying to get in the, the mind of the super mod on our podcasting, Bangs Naughty Bits. And we, we couldn't figure out. We, we were having issues predicting what was the final decision there, SP? The decision was to go bright, but post a, a, a post that's pinned to the top of the subreddit stating the issues on both sides of the fence and how you can support the mods that were going dark on their subreddits. Now, there's a lot of different things that could happen here. If some subreddits don't come back, mm -hmm. some of the larger ones, Reddit can step in. Not that I agree with this, but Reddit can step in. They can remove the moderation uh, privileges for the entire moderating team and install new moderators and take the subreddit from private back to public. They, they can go ahead and do that. I was thinking this might actually start to happen. Um if it's ones that center around brands that aren't officially the brand, like if you ever go to a lot of these subreddits for specific brands, you'll see disclaimers that say this is not an official subreddit. The team is volunteers or, you know, it's not run by X company and things like that. And, but a lot of people treat it like it is, you know, it's kind of if, if it's named that brand and it becomes the de facto subreddit for that brand. 
I could see at some point these brands going, we need our presence over there. And they, right now it might be too hot of a topic for them to get into, but give it a little bit of time. If it stays dark, I could see some brands reaching out to Reddit saying, look, we want to have this back. We want to do this, you know, and, and see what ends up happening. Um, then, of course, they'd have to officially own it. And there's a whole other problems that come into that. But I could see them leaning depending on what it is. Maybe it'll all blow over sooner, though. I don't know. But in any case, r slash podcasting is not dark. You guys are a light mode type subreddit. <laughs> apparently, apparently, because the head mod is Bang's Naughty Bits, and that's what he decided to do. And he can do what I just said the moderators or the admins on Reddit can do. He could go ahead and kick us all out as moderators. So, you know, basically what he says goes. Fair enough. Uh, but hey, if you want to um, check out r slash podcasting, you can. There's that topic there about uh, how to support things. Or if you just don't care, just wait and we'll see what happens. Things will eventually shake out. I'm sure it's the way it's the way the technology world operates. Yeah, I mean, you've got the writer strike. You got the directors about to strike and you got the Screen Actors Guild probably going to strike. So you take that all and then you have all these subreddits that went dark. It's just a very, very dark time for entertainment. Also, not to mention the uh, Canadian Podcasters Guild that's going to go on strike soon. There was, talking about writers, guilds, and podcasters, there was some guidance from the Writers Guild of America, which is actually an association, I've learned, of two different guilds from the West Coast and the East Coast. They put out some guidance on scripted podcasts and what the writers should be doing. I didn't read it because we're not a scripted podcast, but there is that guidance out there. If you want to go find it, go, go ahead and find it. And if you do run a scripted podcast if you have an audio drama or something like that for instance you should probably go read that just so you're aware of what's going on and whether you decide to show solidarity or not is up to you uh but i i i don't know that i can agree with your point on all of that and i'm talking about the point where you said we're not a scripted podcast because i thought that this whole thing was actually <laughs> a story about two people who run a hobby podcast that's what i thought it was Plenty. I I know they've tried to do sitcoms and stuff. I think in the future there will be sitcoms about more more um, higher rated <laughs> shows about or streaming series or whatever on people that run podcasts and and the good and the bad and the ugly for it. Can't believe you own a blue Yeti. I mean, a Yeti. I mean, what? A Yeti? Hold on. Yes. We'll get there in a minute. We'll get there in a minute because this is our next point there as I completely botched the segue. Uh, Logitech announced that they are ending the blue mic brand. If you didn't remember this or didn't know this, Logitech did buy the blue mic brand, but this whole thing is part of a big brand consolidation process that they have going on there. Logitech announced that they are going to be putting the following under the Logitech G brand, quote, Logitech for creators, which is a, a certain brand. They're going to also put the Astro Gaming under there, as well as the Blue Mike's products. They're all going to be under the Logitech G brand. And I don't know why they chose to go with Logitech G. I, I, it's one that I thought was actually dead. I, I thought that they'd moved on to something else. But anyways, that's the one that they've chosen to do. and. In the process of all of this, they mentioned that the Yeti brand was actually going to stay away or stay around, but put under the Logitech G brand. So from what we can piece together, it looks like they're said that the, the blue mics that are out there now, which are the various different like Yetis and things like that, they're going to be called Yeti. And so we are making the assumption that retroactively all blue products are now called Yetis. That's what we're doing. So at SP, you officially own a Yeti. That's what we're going with. I officially own a Yeti. It used to be the blue Encore 100 dynamic microphone. It is now the Yeti 100 dynamic microphone. And this just doesn't affect stuff like the blue Yeti. It also affects like the bottle microphones that they have. Mm -hmm. Anything that's left in their line. I think they're going to discontinue the bottle microphones because... If you look at their site, they're exclusively looking at streamers and gamers 
They're not looking at podcasters. That's right. what's on the, the products that are left on their website. Now, you still can get a Blue Encore 100 on Amazon. You can still get those bottle microphones at such websites such as Sweetwater. So you could still buy them now. But eventually, when the stocks run out, Blue will no longer be a brand. And all of these will be Yeti. I think what their Logitech is going to do is they're going to send out stickers that say Yeti. And then we'll have to place them <laughs> over our blue, blue uh, little thing here on the microphone and, and officially rename it Yeti. It's funny you say that. Um, I actually sort of think that maybe one of the reasons they're keeping Yeti around is because it's really easy to create a, a rebadge for the replacement of the blue symbol on the existing stock or or the new stock going forward as opposed to trying to jam logitech g into it because you're dealing with yeti and blue you know same amount of uh of characters right yeah so. i could definitely see that as <laughs> as being a, a, an issue also yeti does have quite the name recognition in microphones good or it bad does. yeah I, I i think for my personal opinion it's it's more bad than good that's my personal opinion but Yeti, they they came out. Uh, they they had that wonderful USB condenser microphone that transformed people at home to get a more professional sound, mm. even though it was a condenser. And then the most important part of it getting notoriety was the affiliate links. <laughs> oh, you can get this microphone. Use my link to buy it and uh, get some kickback. And then it just perpetrated, and it, and it's never gone away from that there are definitely better microphones in that same price point right now but it just has so much name notoriety blue is or logitech is using that wait you're telling me that there were professionals that recommended a product based off of their ability to make affiliate money shocked sp shocked am i I think we've talked about it on the show before. The fact that there's some things out there that get recommended over other things just because they have the affiliate link. And if you're monetizing your podcast or your consulting business or whatever, you're going to want those affiliate links because it can be a huge portion of your revenue. So I understand why it's there i disagree with the fact that you have the affiliate link bias you right. can have another product same price or less that is better than the affiliate link product but the affiliate link product gets promoted because oh it's an affiliate link and cha-ching the person that's recommending it gets some money back in their pocket in our live chat by the way because if you didn't know this when we stream then record the show we stream it. Wow, I'm I'm double wording all not all over the place tonight. Uh, when we record the show, we live stream it to www.geeks.live, including a live chat room in, over in our Discord server, which is available at betterpodcasting.com forward slash Discord. That's the Gunna Geek Discord server. That is the best geek community around trademarked uh not really, but we do have Johnny P saying Logitech G for gear. I, I have no idea, Johnny. I don't know what the G stands for. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know either. And then we also have Damien in the DM saying, holds up Encore 100, more legacy gear. I was trying to flog mine, by the way, and I, I, I'm i I'm almost debating maybe I, I want to keep it now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep a hold of this. It's got a nice sound. I mean, I, it's a reserved microphone with all the other microphones I have. And it looks so pretty, you know, with the Chrome uh, microphone grill on it and stuff like that. The other microphone he's talking about, by the way, is the Knox podcasting gear, which is obvious a ripoff of the, I think it was the AT2005 that it was a rip or a mm. combination of the ATR2100, the AT2005 and the Q2U, the Samsung Q2U. Pretty sure it was a ripoff because it had different aspects of all three microphones, right? So, but it was a ripoff because they got it from the same Chinese factory. I'm assuming Chinese factory, Chinese factory that uh, actually produced the others. And uh, I'm pretty sure they were maybe handed something like a cease and desist. Mm. <laughs> I'm just, I'm guessing that might have happened. Uh, so you only had the initial run, and that was it. It was, a, it was a great buy. It was under forty bucks. 
Speaking of gear, by the way, we had over on Twitter, uh, Cybercast, at Cybercast, say, uh, all this talk about Rode Procaster fails, etc. Why not look at the Zoom P4? That's what I use. It's tiny. It's multi-track records. It has four inputs. It takes up hardly any space. It's a beautiful little podcasting tool. Look at that cute little thing. And then we were sent a picture. Now, for the audio listener, SP was just holding up his P4, and I actually have a P4 here as well. I've not used the P4. SP's used it a couple times. We've actually talked about the P4 on the show a couple times. You did a little post-use debrief when you took it on the road. You were very favorable about it, but there were some shortcomings compared to how you do your day-to-day recording and streaming process at home, if I recall correctly. Yeah, the biggest thing I would say right now would be the DSP, the digital processing that comes with like the Roadcaster Pro 2. I would have to use it in conjunction with, I would have to use the P3 in conjunction with like a DBX-286S, which is what Cybercast is doing. You can clearly see the DBX underneath the Zoom P4 that's sitting up on a shelf. So he obviously is is doing that. So it is uh, a good machine. I would recommend it to anybody. Matter of fact, over on the r slash podcasting subreddit, all the time people are coming in saying, I have four people. I want a cheap interface and I want to be able to multi-track record. It's like, this is your gear. Yeah. I realize it's only 16 bit and it records in 44.1 kilohertz. I realize that, but you're not going to get a better capability for the price for four XLR inputs. You're just not going to do that. And then you can remove the fourth XLR input. Let's say you only have three people and you're connecting with somebody else on the other side. You can bring them in via a computer. You can go with the Bluetooth to your phone or connect your phone into it and record that for a guest. It's very versatile. It's cheap. Yes, I understand it's cheap and it's got limitations, but if you're coming in and you're saying, I'm going to start a podcast with my four friends and I need something cheap to get me started, you know, something like that. And for like Behringer XM 8500 microphones or something like that, you're going to outfit yourself for well under $300. That's amazing considering what gear costs these days. Yeah. And I would, I'd also bring up that with this, the pricing that you get on things like the uh, pod mic sales or the Zoom, can't remember the number, Damien's going to correct me. Uh, ZDM1. ZDM1, thank you. Uh, and I'm so glad you said Zed. Uh, I, I, I was think, trying to get in your mind there. <laughs> I think you could still elevate it beyond the 8500 for a pretty reasonable price as well, especially if you're willing to wait for some sales. There are sales that go on both of those microphones. And they're pretty good. They're a little more forgiving as far as it, people who might be new to using a microphone with things like the 8500. You got to be right on top of it with things like the pod mic and the ZDM one. You can back up a little bit and have a little bit more play. But overall, though, you know, there's it's really cheap options because of this P4. You know, the mics are how much you want to spend on a mic. The, the biggest expense like is going to be like the biggest important thing is what you're recording on. And that P4 is a great price point. Yeah, the ZDM1, you can get on sale for like 50 bucks. So you're not going to get four people with, in US dollars, by the way, I don't know what the Canadian costing is, but US dollars, you can get four of those for 200 if it's on sale and the P4 at 150. So that would be 350 just for the gear, right? The, the audio gear. If you want to do cameras, if you want to do uh, software to record, it's going to be more, right? And it, you need to throw in an SD card into the P4, so that's going to cost you a little bit. But yeah, that would be good. The benefit of the of this ZDM1 is you can get a podcaster pack with uh, the headphones. They're not the greatest headphones. I've actually got the box of the podcasters pack right behind me. You get headphones, you get the microphone, you get the stand. It's not the best stand in the world, but hey, you're going for cheap. I think you can get that all for like $89 or $99. Maybe it's $79. I'll have to take a look. But it's under $100 for all of that. So you don't need any additional gear 
other than the P4 and an SD card. Again, you're under 500 bucks for all that for three, four people, uh, maybe over $500 for four people. You just, you can't get it. Like the, the Roadcaster Pro 2 is over $500 by itself. So you're not going to get DSP. You're not going to get noise gates. You're not going to get that sort of thing. But if you're going cheap, if you want like the, the bottom of what you can afford, that's what you need to go with. So the only thing that I, I want to just double tap on is that it is a bit of a difference in products. It, it's quite the difference of products. They are different use cases um, between the Rode Procaster and the uh, eight or the P4. So, you know, Roadcaster Pro. Sorry, Road, Not- Roadcaster Pro. I was reading the tweet and yes, the Roadcaster Pro 2 and the Zoom P4. They are very different machines. So that that is a bit apples to oranges. And some people, the P4 may not fit their needs, but for a lot of people, it would. And from all the accounts, it seems like it's it's pretty stable. I've not tried it. Can't speak to it firsthand. It was stable, though, the time that you used it. Yeah, it's been stable. I haven't heard a lot of this has broken on me, except for the people that have spilled something on <laughs> it or have dropped it. It's not the most robust thing in the world. So you do have to baby it. But I would say any of your podcasting gear, keep your water away from it. Keep your coffee away from it. Keep your beer away from it because you can end up ruining a lot of this stuff just in a, in a simple half of a second. Yeah. All right. Let's talk a second here about Restream. Can we talk about Restream? Is that OK, SP? That is what we've agreed to talk about. Yes. So let's go ahead and talk about Restream. Even if you said no, I was going to do it anyways. But of course you would. <laughs> Restream, for those of you not familiar, is a service we've used a little while for this show and also for the Gunna Geek show, where we could send a stream out to Restream. And then from there, it distributed it to multiple locations. Like it kind of split it. So it would go to YouTube as well as Twitch, as well as back in the day, Twitter or Facebook, there was a bunch of different ways that we could, that this would do this, but also there's a chat element, which is the main reason I keep using it. Well, last week when I logged in to do Gonna Geek Show, actually, when I say last week, I mean two days ago, it's just my weeks felt very long. But when I logged in two days ago to do the Gonna Geek Show, I saw an ad pop up and it said, quote, we made a new plan to support gaming creators for just $9.99 per month. And then it said that this plan would allow multi-streaming to four channels, Facebook pages and groups, and no limitation on quality or time. Now, why do I bring this up? Because up to this point, there's been a pretty standard model that they've had for the plans that were available. They had standard, professional, premium, and business all escalating in various pricing. And, you know, a couple times a year, you get some pretty big discount sales if you buy a year in advance or whatever. But I saw this one come up and I thought that was interesting because the least expensive one that they had on a regular price was 20 bucks a month, which is quite a bit. You know, there's a big difference for some people who are doing this as a hobby going from 10 to 20 bucks a month for something. I know we're in the grand scheme, we're talking the price of like a like a, a whopper or a quarter pounder meal. That's all we're really talking here in, you know, 2023 prices, but it still is a recurring expense. So I found it really interesting that this came up. But what I really found interesting was it wasn't really listed anywhere other than a message that was in there when I logged into my account. There's a little messages thing. And if If I go through, I can see a history of automatic spam that they've sent me to that message thing. It's not actually listed anywhere on the main plans. It's not on their front page. And when I went back today to be like, hey, I should really look into this. There was no easy way for me to find it other than other than in the messages area on Restream. So I'm kind of surprised that they're kind of not really advertising this because that seems like that might bring some more people in that might bring some more eyes into it. I suspect they're probably also seeing a decline in use with things like more restrictions coming on multi-stream services, like multi-streaming to different services and people being a little more comfortable with uh, being able to send things to multiple locations themselves with higher powered computers or 
even things like StreamYard coming into play where there's services that just take care of it for you in an easier manner. So I suspect they're trying to get some of that market like me, which might want to do more than two destinations for streaming out this show, but it isn't willing to spend $20 a month on it. But I'm, I'm surprised that it's not more readily being advertised. So I wanted to mention that because we've talked about Restream in the past. And it doesn't, even though it says gaming, I didn't see anything that indicated you can only use this for gaming. I, I'm not sure how they would monitor that anyways, but it. I think they're just trying to get at some gamers. That's, that's obviously their marketing push. Probably. With StreamYard, I used to have the, either the 20 or $25 a month plan. I can't remember what it was. And I, I just couldn't justify it. So I was going to go down to the free plan. So I went into my account. I forget exactly how I did it, but there is a way to cancel your account. And I can't, I was going through that process and the automatic system popped up and said, say, we looks like you are leaving. How would you like to do our beta for $10 a month? And you have limitations of it. You have 50 hours of recording uh, capability in the storage. You can only broadcast 720 instead of 1080 or 4K. And you will have a watermark on your broadcast, but you'll be able to stream out to multiple locations and this will be a reduced fee. I was like, yep, I'm in because it's a talking head podcast anyway. I don't need to have 4K necessarily for that. Plus, a lot of my co-hosts on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. can't support it through their internet anyway. So, okay, if I'm dealing with those limitations, I will go for the lesser fee. It's not, I have not been on StreamYard lately. I have not looked to see if it's listed as an option for everybody, but I know that I had, I think it was the $25 a month plan. I was like, nah, I'm going to cut a little corner there, going to cut some costs and I'm, I'm going to get rid of it. And the $10 a month, I was like, okay, well, I can do that. It's a little high for me. I would prefer it $5 a month, you know, but $10 a month, okay, I'll do it. And it has made my life easier because with that, I've been able to do the multi-track audio recording. I can do multi-track video recording, but with everybody's internet uh, upload speed, I just, I didn't, and I have no idea about their computers if they're able to, to do it or not. I can see that. So maybe restream is trying to compete with that, that they know it's there and, and more and more people are, are jumping ship to go do that. I will say, if you want to record in a higher resolution, if you want full control over what's on your screen, you should be using something like OBS or XSplit. Yes. Is that it? XSplit. Yeah. XSplit or... I, there's another uh, program I use at work and I'm like, no, I, I always get those two confused. So XSplit and OBS and those are available too. You get better quality and that's what we're doing right here on Better Podcasting. Right. I would say the, qual the video quality stream on Better Podcasting is way better than what I get on StreamYard at the $10 level. So if you're using Restream at $10 and then using all your own stuff or if you're using StreamYard, it just depends on how technical savvy you are. It depends on how good your machines are and how good your internet is. You have to take all that into consideration. So two things. Number one, uh, you said that uh, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a talking head podcast. What's your favorite song? Psycho Killer, Once in a Lifetime, Burning Down the House. Which, which song? I'm a rocket scientist, so Burning Down the House. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, not that type of talking heads. Uh, our uh, second thing is in the chat, actually, Liberty Dude, on a serious note, he brings up a really good point. He says that it's good enough concept in regard to the watermark. He says their their watermark isn't too obtrusive for StreamYard. And I agree. Like, I think that, you know, you've got that balance with, with the hobby podcaster of, sure, you got a watermark, but it's a lot more affordable. And if you're a hobby podcaster, do you really care? If there's a watermark on there and it's saving you a, a pretty decent amount of money every month, probably not. I end up editing the video anyway, so I just overlay the logo for the podcast right over that in post. They probably don't like that I do it, but I do it and <laughs> it's, it is it is what it is. It's the same size. Now, they have 
StreamYard has uh, experimented with different size logo. There's different size logo. They they can go instead of like the square logo, they can go longer, thinner logo. Guess what? I have a logo that I can put over the top of that too. So whatever they go with, I can actually get rid of the logo and I intentionally record so that I can have that space for the logo and it doesn't intrude on anybody's head. And Stephen is showing <laughs> the same better podcasting logo that we did last show all over the screen. I think you can make those a little bit bigger, by the way. I probably could, actually. You're right. I, I, I probably could. Um, uh, okay. Also in our chat, we had Johnny P it is unrelated to what we were just talking about. He says, just a reference to Hindenburg journalist pro the first one, not two. I updated it last week after updating my iMac. I had heard that they were not going to support the first Hindenburg pro after the new version two came out. I am terrible with computers, but it updated with no problem fast and easy. So my guess would be that you'd probably still be able to get any updates that they created. They're just not going to create more. That would be my guess of how it would work. That's I, I guess theoretically it could be that the software company no longer put out any form of version of the downloads of any updates, but that seems not that user-friendly. It seems like they would at least continue to offer any updates that existed at that point. And it makes sense that they would discontinue uh, working on it um, after a new version comes out because that's kind of the standard with software. Yeah, I'm trying to think off the top of my head if I can think of anything that is a generation or two behind that is still supported. I mean, phones out there, iPhones have been supported for a while until simply they they cannot uh, run the iOS on the iPhones with the processor and the memory that is on board the phone. So they sunset them at that point in time. But you can actually still use them. You're just not getting the latest in security or anything like that. And I have had... Uh, on my older iPhones that I still use for whatever and iPads, I have had security updates. Like if it's so egregious, they actually have gone ahead with security updates. I, there's at least one that I can think of. But other than the iPhones, I can't think of anything that is that far back. Like two, you get two generations back. And I can't think of anything that's supported back then. Heck, even the Wig Hump uh, Hub 2 is not supported anymore. <laughs> Oh, the Wink Hub. Uh, Damien the DM says, I believe they stated that they just won't support it if the OS no longer supports it. So I guess there's some form of lack of support on the first gen one, which, yeah, I would definitely assume that that's going to happen um, if I were using it. At some point, it's just going to break and you're not going to be able to use it. And yeah. Johnny, you're going to have to go up to version two at that point in time, which might be cheaper at that point. And, you know, that's where subscription pricing does end up having a benefit is that subscription mm -hmm. pricing, because you're paying a monthly fee, you're generally getting the latest version whenever it comes out. But it can be a, a big hot topic depending on the pricing. And we definitely had some discussion in our discord the last week of people saying that they hate subscription 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 pricing yakko was one he said 29 dollars a month i hate subscription pricing i don't remember what this was in regard to but i wanted to talk about subscription pricing because i i agree i think that their subscription pricing can be very hard to justify for certain products especially as hobbyists with that said Depending on the type of person that you are, I actually don't hate subscription pricing like just across the board. And, and here's the reason why is let's say that you're going to go and you're going to go buy yourself a piece of software. Let's say you're going to go buy yourself uh, Vegas Creative. Let's say you're going to go do that. You know, Vegas, the editing software that we always talk about that SP still uses that I still occasionally go into that I still want to eventually come back to when they somehow magically make it more stable. If you go over there and you decide, I want to get into that, you got to go and you got to put forward the money. You got to put out the entire new license if you want to be able to do that, which is a normal price of like 400 bucks. Now they're on sale all the time, which is beside the point, especially right now because it's getting towards new generation. But you got to go and you got to put all that money up front as opposed to some of the subscription models, which do allow people to be able to pay a smaller amount 
And that might be all that they've got in their budget. And they might want to get into it now and not be able to wait and save up that annual money. The other side of it, too, is the people who do want to always every year get the latest and greatest. Like, let's say that that person wanted to go and they were spending. I I want the latest version of Vegas edit right now, and I don't care what it costs. I'm going to every year put out $398. Well, what is the license cost per month? The monthly price is like 20 bucks a month. So, you know, you kind of got to weigh what what the amount of money is that you're realistically going to put out, how often you're going to put that out. And sometimes the subscription might be a little bit better. And the bonus with the subscription is if all of a sudden it doesn't work for you and you've only put a few months into it, you haven't invested the full amount maybe. So like, let's say that I went and I bought myself Vegas edit and I spent the, you know, $300. Well, let's just, let's go with the one that's on sale right now, which is I think 200, 130 bucks is what it's on right now. Because again, there's a new version coming out soon. Um, So I put the 130 bucks out and I use it for a few weeks and I go, I cannot stand this crashing. I, I've, I'm out 130 bucks. If I went and I got the monthly price, I'm only out one month. So I think there is a benefit to some people to have, have subscription pricing, but it depends on how you use it. And more often than not, it, or a lot of times, it does end up gouging you compared to someone who might say buy Vegas at it now and then buy it again in a couple of years. Just in case anybody's wondering, the $29 subscription was with the plugin for Adobe Premiere Pro for Autopod, Ah. which we talked about last time in relation to automatic video switching editing. Autopod is a plugin that will automatically give you a switched sort of... uh, You see on this show where Steven goes back and forth between the different scenes, it automatically takes multiple cameras and it will switch for you, kind of like what Hangouts used to do in the live. It was auto-switching, uh, going to the person that was talking. That's how Hangouts do- has done it. I don't use Adobe, so I have not had a chance to even try out this AutoPod plugin. But if I did, like say I did off a of StreamYard, get multiple camera, multiple video, I knew my co-host computers could handle it. I knew that their internet could handle the upload. So I go ahead and and do that. That means on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is at times a four-person podcast, I would have four different individual videos plus a combined video. I would throw those five video tracks into Adobe Premiere, and it would automatically come out with, hey, this is what the switch would look at like, and I wouldn't have to do anything about it. I don't know how good it works. I haven't heard any reviews, but I do know that's how it works. And uh, I'd be interested to try it actually myself if I had that many video streams. Now, Stephen, you don't even have that many video streams. You just record the one, right? Yeah, I just do the one. I I could actually in OBS um, and actually I could do this in XSplit before as well. Uh, I could record the individual frames, but... I don't because back to the whole hobbyist thing, do I really want to spend all that time? No, I don't. You know what? So what's the worst that happens? I got a jump cut, right? Like, you know, or or in an extreme situation, I've had to, you know, throw the logo up for a few seconds. Oh, well, oh, well, I don't, you know, my time. Anybody ever complained on a video that we put out about those jump cuts personally on any of my videos? No. Now, we have gone to pains to try to mitigate that through either transitions that work a little bit better or through throwing up a logo for a few seconds, mm-hmm. like you said. But there are some cases where we have what I would consider to be a rough cut or a jump cut that neither of us are like, eh, okay, it, it is what it is. I haven't heard anything out of all my video. And we started doing videos for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. at about episode 100. And we're now at episode 474. So for 375 episodes, basically, nobody said a thing about it. Also, in our live chat, we were talking about Vegas. I've made it clear that I I do miss Vegas, but I don't miss the issues with Vegas. Um, Mm -hmm. We do actually have uh, Liberty Dude saying that his Vegas no longer loads well, and he's blaming his laptop. It might not be your laptop because there was actually a issue 
that happened with Vegas where the thing wouldn't start up. And there was a couple different ways around trying to get it to boot. One of involved changing your computer's clock back a week and that fixed it. Well, they did put out a fix. They actually, after those weird gimmicky ways of getting it to boot, they did finally put out a patch. And this actually went back in versions because the current version of Vegas, I believe, is 20. They did go back to 19. I don't know if they did 18, but they did put out a patch for 19 and 20 because I think it affected both. Yeah, it definitely affected me. I was like, what the frack? And then Steven was laughing at me like, yeah, this is what I was talking about. I was like, yeah, but it didn't happen to me until now. So I actually had to go back in and do the fix as well. And luckily, by the time it affected me, the 19 fix was available to download. Mm. So once I figured that out, I just stopped my production. I downloaded the update and I updated. It was like, okay, I don't have to deal with my clock anymore. (laughs) Uh, Also, Johnny says, Steven, you don't want to spend the time for a better experience for your fan base for shame for shame. No. Johnny, you have never said anything about it. So no. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we also actually had an interesting topic come up from Yakko in our Discord. And he said, here's a tip. Give swag to your guests. It pays off sometimes. And then he ended up linking to a tweet. And this was really cool mm-hmm. because this was a creator and actually, you know what, SP, before we, I show the photo, why don't you explain the, the history of Yakko's podcast and, and what he covers? Yeah, so Yakko is a Transformers podcaster and has been for quite some time. They also did some other things, but the main focus of their podcasting has been Transformers. There was a movie that just came out a couple of weeks ago. So there was a lot of press and a lot of people doing uh, interviews and that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, he he scored big time because he gave a shirt to one of the dudes that's involved. And guess what showed up? Yep. His transmissions logo on the chest of. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, there you go. He, uh, it was, was very cool. It, it was yeah. very cool. And a uh, quote from Yakko was the guy on the left is David K, voice actor for Beast Wars Megatron a couple Optimus Primes and the narrator for last week tonight. So, uh, so very awesome. Very cool to see. Thanks very much, Yako, for, for uh, sending that over. And again, we did post it on the live stream or the video version. If you aren't there, go over to our discord server, betterpodcasting.com slash discord. You can see it. Yako did post it in the better podcasting channel over on June 10th, 2023. It's really cool. Thanks for making mm-hmm. sure to link that to us. Now, I've been intentionally taking many, many drinks of my coffee because, well, this is the better pod, the coveted better podcasting mug. And I've actually bought several over the years just for me and my family, but I've also bought some for our fans. And uh, you have one too, I believe, Stephen, but you just don't use it. So um, these do show up in other podcaster studios because I have given them away to other podcasters. And just because I'm thinking about it right now, the first person that wants one that gets in touch with me on our discord server in the better podcasting channel, I'll buy you a, I'll buy you one. Ooh, there you go. Ship it off to you. That'll be gone within 30 seconds because everybody's looking for them. I know there's a huge, huge bootleg market over on eBay for the better podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Probably, probably. Yeah. It has to be in the better podcasting channel. Okay. Fair enough. We also had Josh Liston say, just wondering if you guys have ever used a microphone and just thought, nope, this one isn't for me. Back in 2014, I used a Sennheiser MD421 in a radio station in Melbourne, and it was the least I've ever enjoyed my voice on a microphone. Strange, because the Sennheiser MD46 is one of the most flattering mics on my voice. I guess even within the same brand, mics can vary greatly on the voice. Very true on that last part. Yeah, I've heard that about the 421 that it either works for you or it doesn't. And because it's so expensive, I have reeled against actually acquiring one because I don't want to spend all that money and and not work on my voice. So I definitely want to try to do that. Uh, But yes, uh, both Stephen and I have had experiences with microphones that we've used and we're like, nope, no way, not going to do it. 
So when I saw this, my response was actually, uh, and and I know this is going to hurt some people for me to say, mine was the Electro Voice RE320, even though I, I feel like I'm willing to forgive it a little bit more now than I used to. Um, but that was definitely my experience, was right away I knew this is not the right mic for me. And... I wasn't alone because I remember talking with SPN right away. You were you were there with me on it. And it just was it was the case. Like, I'm not saying that's the worst mic I've ever used by any stretch of the imagination. Not at all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that was the experience with that. There was also um, on a handheld microphone, which was probably actually before that. Now that I think about it, that, that would be the um, Sennheiser E831, I believe. Is that the right one? I thought it was the eight. 35 uh yeah you're right it's 835 yeah the sennheiser 835 which you actually have two of them yes now, the, so. the sennheiser e835 you're correct on that that one there was one that um a lot of people i knew including my brother that was their go-to microphone and a lot of people liked it and i used it and i went oh no and it, it wasn't one that i cared for now i had also i think up to that point been using um as my main handheld was the sure sm58 and they do sound quite different so there could have been some influence there of what i was used to but mm -hmm. overall i didn't care for it and uh, when we did the blind shootout it got some feedback that i think reflected my thoughts on it as well so you know it just wasn't for me but for other people they quite liked it so it just depends on the person and the voice and what they want out of it and it's all subjective too <laughs> Microphones are subjective, so you can't just say that if somebody's asking for a microphone very, very, and like a higher level microphone, very few times can you say, this is the microphone for you. If you know a lot about the person's voice and you know a lot about microphones, you can get in the ballpark, but it's not necessarily going to be the one, right? You might have to try a few. I know we say a Samsung QTU is the microphone to start out with, and that is pretty universal with most voices that it's a good starting microphone. But if you're going to go up into other microphones, like Steven said, when he first tried that, we did not record, it was not live, but when he first, his voice first came over to me using the RE320, when he first got it those many years ago, I cringed. I was like, oh my God. And I told him not to use it on the show. <laughs> and he did it. He's like, no, 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 no. We got to go through with this and we got to use it. I just cringed. So I'm like, oh my gosh. By the end of the show, it kind of grew on me a little bit. But that first experience with that microphone on your voice was like, no way. So yeah, that's, that's yours. And mine we actually did another test on it in season two of Better Podcasting Live Chat when we were testing all this stuff just a few months ago. The BCD1 microphone. Oh my gosh, that is no, 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 not ever going to use it again. I think I sweared I was never going to use it again way back in the day, but then somebody asked about it and I was like, okay, I'll show, I'll show you. Here's the BCD one. Here's the ZDM one. And here's the pod mic. Which one do you want? Nobody said they wanted the BCD one. Perhaps they need to find their way out to the middle of the lake you like to go to and uh, find their way to the bottom of the ocean. That as well as the, uh, the pair of uh, headphones that you have from Behringer. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it was Monoprice. Was it Monoprice? Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there was that other blue pair of headphones. I forget what brand it is, but it was the one that you you, you know uh, recommended them back in the day. Or I spied pictures to say, oh, that's the one to get. And early reviews where it was good. I used no, no. They, they, the my, the headphones today cannot compare to what that was. That was <laughs> that was bad, but bad, bad, bad. Uh. The other thing that I wanted to mention right now was also from Josh and over on Twitter, he was bugging me after my extreme um, passion, we'll call it, for the question that you had on Reddit about three camera setups. He said, I want to do a 337 camera shoot powered by the brains of 14 T1000s and I want it in 187K resolution, all for sub $500. You know what you need to do is you need to invent a time machine mm -hmm. for under $500, go way into the future when mm -hmm. all that tech is like kid stuff, and you can <laughs> buy it at a toy store for under $500. That's true. 
<laughs> I got no response. All I know is Josh, you know me well. You know how to you know how to push my buttons, and I appreciate that, Josh. Well, he's, he's talking to T one thousands. I mean, it's Terminator. They time travel, so that's what he's got to do. He's got to time travel to go do it. Fair enough. Is there anything else you wanted to chat about tonight, SP? No, not really. I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners for conversing with us on our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. It's it's fun to run in there. I think I said it last episode. It's fun to run in there every day. And at the end of the day, because I don't have access to Discord at my work. So when I get out to my car and I look at my phone, I see all these messages and a smile comes across my face. And I just delve into it. So I just want to say thank you to everybody for chatting there. I really appreciate you spending time there and just having fun in some cases, because it's not all podcasting. We do have other channels in there to talk other geeky stuff. So it's just fun there. Thank you very much for being there. And also for those who had heard the Lego discussion last week about the the Lego that my son created for me uh you can go ahead and go to the better podcasting channel because there will be photos over there in the better podcasting channel us uh, uh when you head over to discord or betterpodcasting.com forward slash discord i was trying to post them now but for some reason the upload is failing <laughs> but they will be there discord <laughs> and hey yeah, if di- you do have any questions for us we'd love for you to send those to us please email podcast at betterpodcasting.com or come to our discord at betterpodcasting.com slash discord tweet us at betterpod or you can find all our full contact information at betterpodcasting.com forward slash discord just because we like to talk about what you have to say to us during this show that's a big part of the better podcasting live chat indeed so let's gonna go ahead and wrap it up for episode number 50 of Better 50. Better Podcasting Live Chat, I'm Steven saying I got nothing to say after 50. I'm SP saying thank you very much. We'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.